welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. It feels like it's been a while since we've done a podcast because we didn't record one last week, but we did do a Facebook Live, which a few people might have uh, might have seen. So a couple of games for us to talk about and to reflect on. But so what we've not talked about on the podcast, but we did talk about a little bit on our little uh, Facebook Live before the Watford game. Of course, uh, Darren Moore um, out of the equation at the moment after testing positive for um, coronavirus, so um, uh, he obviously missed a couple of uh, a couple of games now. But we've not mentioned that before on the pod. I don't know if there's a great deal to say about it, but um, it was all very late in the day, wasn't it? Before the uh, before the Watford game, it was. Uh, I suppose the only other point on it, James, is that I don't think he's going to be there for QPR either. I still think he'd be going through his self isolation period and so I, I would think that yeah the next time that we see Darren Moore take the team will be Swansea at home next week yeah and that'll be assuming it'll it'll probably be a 10, 10 days is it um and you still you've got to test negative and all that stuff, so we'll um, yeah we'll 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 kind of see how all that sort of pans out. You you, you sort of think with this that nowadays, like um, it's it's so easy for them to communicate, isn't it? Yeah. From you know someone that's not there, that it's maybe not that big a deal. He'll still have just as much role to to play in making all the right decisions during the week and all that kind of malarkey. So um, probably not a huge big deal. Um, so that went into the Watford um, game, and um, of course that ended up in defeat for Wednesday. So um, a slightly controversial goal from Tom Lees, um, and. I mean, I'm sure we'll want to talk a bit about that. Um, but also, I thought this was actually a bit of a flat performance from Wednesday because they didn't, they didn't feel like very much fight there, particularly second half. It just all felt like a bit of a foregone conclusion. Well, when you said slightly controversial goal, I'm going to completely disagree with you. And it was uh, an incredibly controversial goal and it shouldn't have stood uh, as, in fact, there was not just maybe one offside, but then, yeah, you could argue that there were there were two, weren't there? That yes, Sar when he's received the ball out wide from the crossfield pass was definitely offside. I've even seen a still of it since. Uh, so yeah, the, the linesman has made a mistake there in not flagging, and uh, and then you had uh, success, didn't you, in the middle who was standing in an offside position, and if he wasn't there. There's no way that Tom Lees goes to try and make the clearance and end up putting the ball in the back of his own net. And so for me, the, the law there, they really have to look at that. And I don't think that's been the first instance either this season where you've had something similar has happened. So, yeah, uh, I think Wednesday rightly felt very aggrieved that the goal was initially offside, but then the referees consulted the linesman and he reversed his decision. Uh, and actually Wednesday, what I would say, James, is Maybe, I think, earlier on in the season, after conceding so early, Wednesday would have gone under. And in fact, uh, you know, Wednesday, I thought that they competed pretty well for long periods, but without creating many opportunities. It does have to be said, you know, Jordan Rhodes had probably the best one in the second half and in the form that he's in, you'd expect him to maybe score from there. Uh, But no, on the whole... It, it was one of those where it maybe came across as, uh, you know, Wednesday 
I know Paul Merson on Sky was absolutely scathing about the performance um, from Wednesday and thought that they looked like a mid-table team and there was not enough urgency there. And I sort of understand that. But then I think you've also got to take into account Watford is second in the league and are one of the best teams you know, in the division and you know with the players they've got. So if Wednesday had gone full throttle and gone all out trying to open them up and score lots of goals and, and made it open, then they'd have got picked off on the break with success and Saar uh, and their other dangerous players for me personally. So, yeah, they didn't quite get the balance right on the day. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I don't entirely buy into that, you know, Wednesday, you know, didn't they didn't try to give it a go. Uh, your second half, they were huffing and puffing. They just didn't have that quality in the final third. That's what it came down to. I'm, I'm going to have to call a bit of nonsense on what you've just said, Dom, because Wednesday lost. It, it's all right saying, well, they might have got picked off. I mean, what happens if Wednesday, you know, try try and get an equaliser and get picked off? Well, they lose the game. We lost the game anyway. So I don't, I don't really see what there would have been ultimately to to lose. It, it was surely, it was worth having to go. Uh, well, I, I'm going to jump in there, James, and instantly tell you, I'll tell you what it could come down to, the relegation scrap. Goal difference. Potentially. Yeah, but come on, with eight games to go, you're saying that we're not going to have a go at getting an equaliser against Watford because we're worried about goal difference. No, I'm not saying that, but in the grand scheme... No, but I'm telling you that in the grand scheme of things, though, that if, yeah, Wednesday had gone out and thrown all the attacking players onto the pitch and then got blown away and lost 4-0 or 5-0 or something like that in the second half, then you could forget about goal difference, which is worth the extra point. And then actually what we've seen is, as we'll come on to later when we discuss Cardiff, they've but, just had yeah, they've just scored that five. Just happens right? to suit your no, narrative no, though. You does. didn't know they were gonna go and score five. No, Goal difference was already not really a no, thing going into this weekend. Well, no, Wednesday was so far behind Rotherham so in terms of goal difference. But James, that's it was, where you're it wrong was, because what we've just we can't seen. start talking about goal difference with seven, eight games of the season to go. We need to try and score. We need to try and get points. Yeah, you, they do. We were nine points adrift. Goal we were difference. The table. We've seen it before. It's like you've forgotten your history, James. How did Sheffield Wednesday get relegated into League One the last time they were there? Goal difference. Yeah, we were we goal were like seven, eight, nine points adrift. We need points, no, I not know, goals. I know. Look, you, you're not understanding the point I'm making. That Wednesday, they, they, they didn't go in with, I think, a completely negative game plan. And I think they, they tried to score goals at Watford. But the reality is that Watford are just too good. Like that, that's right, again, what I, it comes I, down I understand to. what you're so, saying. Watford... Watford clearly are a good team and there's no doubt about about that. But I did not see the performance there of a team that's fighting for their lives at the bottom of the table. Right? Well, it just wasn't it wasn't it wasn't there for me. It wasn't there for me. No, I think that they, they I, it was strange that I expected them with the confidence and the performance that they put in against Barnsley. I did expect them to show more. That's I I get where you're coming from on that. And and so yeah, for Wednesday, what was it? Only one shot on target, I think, against Watford. That is really disappointing. Of course it is. And you yes, you're going away from home against the second best team in the league and all that and the, the, the quality that they have in their ranks. But yeah, with Jordan Rhodes starting to find form, the big positive on the day was Bannon. You know, Bannon was, I thought, 
the standout player on the pitch. You know, he was quality. And then we were probably talk more about how well he then played against Cardiff, which was just another notch and level up on that. Um, but I think with Watford, it was that they didn't really have to get out of the first or second gear, did they? Yeah, and I, and I totally accept that, that they had more gears to go. And if Wednesday had scored, then they could have, I think, gone to third, fourth gear and still won away, you know, won it. So, I look, I get where you're coming from, I do. Um, but I, I think there was an element of the game plan for Wednesday was that they didn't want to open it too much just in case with the, the pace that Watford had on the counter-attack that they get picked off. I think mm. that was my sort of reading of it. I get it, but it did work, did it? Because we lost, so uh, it, it wasn't a very good. Uh, it wasn't a very good game plan. And do you know what? I don't mind Watford winning because they're just better than us. But we should make them work a little bit harder to get the win. If if we had have uh, got back into that game, I mean, we were never really out of that game at one 0 But you know, if we had have got an equaliser and then Watford had turned it on and won two one three one four one or something, I think I'd feel happier about that. Because <laughs> I go, all right, fair enough. Was, turned the style yeah. on. They turned the style on, and then they didn't yeah. really have to do that, did they? Watford didn't have to work very hard to get that win. For, for me, what it was actually was that uh, I, I thought the, the one positional change that Wednesday made in Callum Patterson going to right wing back. I think that's actually the first time he's done that in his Wednesday career. That actually, to me, disrupted midfield a lot on the day. You know, Joey Pellipessi, who I thought had a good match against Barnsley, really struggled against Watford and any well we saw I think he was I think he was taken off in that one but yeah you know and Sam Hutchinson again not at his best you know so Bannon I did think was carrying the midfield a lot um at Watford and yeah you know, he showed all the class that we've come to expect from him uh, but yeah I, I you know Patterson after delivering and playing so well at Barnsley, I think they really needed to keep him in midfield. But with Liam Palmer returning late from international duty, he didn't then start and he came off the bench. And actually, yeah, I I thought that that certainly didn't help Wednesday at Watford. I think they could have done with that physicality, maybe a bit more steel that Patterson would have given them in midfield. Yeah. Okay, so let's put that one to bed. Um, let's move on to much happier subject, which is uh, Cardiff on. Uh, was it Monday? I can't. I can't even figure out what day we're on now. East. It was, wasn't it? Easter Monday. Easter Monday. Um, so Wednesday's uh, biggest biggest win in like many years. This wasn't it. So five nil in the end, and a, a completely, completely dominant performance. Absolutely, the best performance of the season and probably since Nottingham Forest in 2019, December, the 4-0 win at City Ground. I go as far back as that, James. But yeah, Wednesday's what, biggest win in the championship since Leeds, 6-0 under Stuart Gray when I think he was in caretaker charge then. So yeah, Yeah. but the, the performance, they blew Cardiff away, didn't they? And uh, those twi- two really quick goals, uh, I think the second and third from Patterson and then Reacher's first, that completely knocked the stuffing out of Cardiff and there was no coming back from that point for them. And, and the Patterson's was an extraordinary finish. In fact, probably my favourite goal of the season. The move, the windass switch of play, 
the cross from Palmer when you think that he's maybe overrun it or he's taken it too far. And then the finish from Patterson after all the scruffy goals he scored this season. That was yeah, pure class. It really was. Um, and Patterson, yeah. I have to say at the moment, on his recent performances, he's got the um, bit between his teeth and he looks like a man who is determined to have a strong end to the season as he's desperate to get back in that Scotland squad. Yep. Um, I mean, what it was an exquisite goal, as was Adam Reaches, to be fair. And in actual fact, I think the... Uh, was it the fourth one, the Jordan Rhodes goal, yeah. which, which actually came from a Cardiff corner? And how long is it since we've seen that Wednesday kind of sweeping attack? Like, we're going back to, like, the Carlos days, aren't we, for that kind of one-end of the pitch to the other in, you know, just a few really intricate passes. Um, and and that was w- what we saw in the Cardiff game was pretty much all the things that we've been missing for, for the entirety really of this season. Absolutely. And I came away from Monday elated and, you know, so happy with the result, the performance, everything, but it did make me think, James, why have we not seen that more often this season? Right when we, when you know that the players have got that in the locker, that's why it's inexplicable some of the bad runs of form that they've gone on, and then the the lack of goals and the fact that Cardiff account, if you include the two 0 win on the opening day of the season, seven of Wednesdays I think thirty one goals have come against Cardiff. Like, it's bonkers. Like you know, this team should have performed, say what you, what you want about all the off-the-field problems, everything's well-documented and the managerial upheaval, the points deduction, etc. This team, I said it all along and I say it again, they've grossly underperformed for long periods of the season and if Wednesday go down, they have also got to take their fair share of the blame for if Wednesday are relegated. It's it's no good as saying, oh, this this team's too good to go down, or you know it shouldn't be where it is because the reality is not got the points, not won the games, um, and you know you you find yourself where you ultimately deserve to be in the in the league table. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't really going to say it because of the fact that I think it it feels like a negative thing to say off the back of what was a very good win. But I was almost quite angry afterwards because I was like, where's that been? Like, it's quite clear. It's quite clear that these players have got it in them. It's there. It's not that we've got a collection of terrible footballers. They have enough between them to not just be, uh, not just escape relegation, but actually probably to be quite comfortable in this league. You know, this should be a comfortable championship Squad, and it's so frustrating that what is it seven seven games to go is the point that that they actually start to show that, and we're now in a position whereby it, it's almost now pretty much every game that we we're going to have to win to get out of this. We can probably afford one at a push, two more slip ups, but we're you know it, it it's just so so late because everyone else is winning as well that's the problem everyone else is getting points we got you know we saw coventry um get get a victory we saw um birmingham uh, getting uh, a win and then getting a point against uh, brentford was it that they got a point the the other night and it's not like there's anyone that's in dreadful form that you sort of think oh actually if we just as long as we keep winning then we'll be able to leap from them because everyone's picking up points 
So it's not it's not even one of those where you think, well, just get to 50 and you'll probably be all right. You might not be. You know, there's other teams that are putting runs together at the moment. And so it's just dead frustrating, isn't it? It's really, really frustrating to see that actually this team has got enough to get out of it. It's just probably going to be too late. Quite possibly. Uh, you know, you'd have to say right now that, yeah, we've been saying it for the last few weeks that I think they have left themselves with too much to do. If they get five wins from here, that puts them on 50 points. And I think they'd be unlucky to go down with that. And you look at the running, James, you see, like you were sort of maybe looking at it with your negative hat on there. And then, but from the positive side, you take Swansea out of the equation next week. The rest of the teams Wednesday are playing against. They haven't got a lot to play for. They're the ideal team. The winnable games, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. But it does then come back to, you're right, it's how many of the teams above Wednesday are going to carry on stringing runs together and results. It's not in Wednesday's hand. That's the that's what it boils down to, that Wednesday are relying on teams above them slipping up. Uh, and they put themselves in this position. And look, all we've asked for, for the last few weeks when we've seemed sort of resigned on the podcast, haven't we, to they're going to go down, is go down with a fight and not go down with a whimper. So that's that's what we want. And so I just hope they can replicate that performance that they put in against Cardiff between now and the end of the season. And then they're going to give themselves a greater opportunity of getting points on the board and trying to get those teams above them flustered Put them under some pressure. That's what we want. Ask the question. Take it deep. Yeah, we want it going as far as possible. Yeah, we don't want Wednesday's fate already sealed with four matches to go and then we're starting to plan for life in League One. Take it to the penultimate match. Take it to the end of the season. That's what needs to happen from here on in for me. I mean, we're look, looking at the games coming up. So this Saturday, uh, Wednesday away at QPR, for a while, it looked like QPR might get dragged into it, but you know they've they've put enough, uh, probably enough together now to 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 not really need to look over their shoulders too much. You've got Rotherham at Huddersfield, who got done. What was it? Seven that the Huddersfield got done for the other night. Um, Rotherham. I mean, Rotherham losing uh, against Wickham is a is a bad result for for them. Um, and then you've got so we've we've got this weird week coming up though, where then Rotherham have got QPR and Coventry to play Tuesday, Thursday next week. So um, it's going to be a real, real interesting week. Coventry away at Bournemouth on Saturday. That's going to be a tough game because Bournemouth. Bournemouth back in with a good sniff of getting into the playoffs, aren't they? So, you know, their, their tail's going to be up a bit. And even Derby, we've got to start looking at now. Derby at home to Norwich, who have hit some really good form, haven't they? Um, not that they've ever not been in form this season, but, you know, at, at the moment, it was Norwich that put however many past Huddersfield, wasn't it? So, um, you know, some real tough games there for the teams around um, Wednesday. And um, we've got a good record at QPR of, of late, haven't we? One on the last two visits and QPR, an unpredictable team. Uh, I think they've got some real quality at the top end of the pitch. I'm a big fan of Cher in that sort of attacking midfield role. Uh, you know, he gives them that sort of creative spark uh, and will pop up with the occasional goal too. And I think Charlie Austin might be missing, so that would be a boost uh, You know, if he's ruled out. Um, but yeah, you know, when's he got nothing to fear? They really haven't. The, you know, QPR have just lost 
uh, I think, heavily at Nottingham Forest on Easter Monday. And so they're so up and down. And that's it. They're in the top half of the table. And they've got, you know, really, what, they, what are they playing for? Pride this season. And you've got players who are maybe out of contract there playing for the futures. But, yeah, you know, Wednesday, they should be going there so confident after how they played against Cardiff. Uh, and, and do you know what? It sort of got lost in amongst the goals that were flying in so unexpectedly on Monday. But I actually think the clean sheet was just as important. Wednesday defensively in the last few months have been shoddy at the back and we've seen individual errors on a pretty regular basis that have crept into the game. So that was a long overdue clean sheet and they have to build on that too heading into the running. Um, looking looking at the fixture list then for the games coming up, there's a real kind of key point, which is the night of Saturday the 17th of April, when we really need the league table to look different. Um, so between between um, now and then, so we've got QPR away on Saturday, Tuesday night, the, the game in hand that we've got on some of the teams around us, at home to Swansea. I know Swansea are doing pretty well. They're whatever, third, fourth in the in the table. It's a home game. If we're going to stay up, we, we've got to get something from it. Um, and then at home to Bristol City, whose form's been terrible second half of the season, um, on Saturday the 17th. The reason that night's really important is then you've got Coventry, Birmingham, and Rotherham don't play until the Sunday. And, and Rotherham and, and Birmingham play each other. So... Um, Wednesday need to be in a situation where they've really, really narrowed the gap so that when Rotherham, Birmingham, Coventry play on the Sunday, the pressure is really on them. That's a real key period, isn't it? Getting to the end of that Saturday night. Wednesday, really, we need to be talking about a minimum of seven points, ideally nine points from the three games between now and then. And then it might just be that evening that that league table can look a bit different. Yeah, it could. They need at least two wins from the next three, I think, um, to keep their hopes alive, but they've got so little margin for error. Um, But at least there's some positivity. And I think that we are seeing some green shoots of recovery that in the last three matches, I think the performance level and the way Wednesday going about the business under Darren Moore, you know, that's what's giving me hope for the future. And, you know, we're all hoping that the future means that Sheffield Wednesday in the short term, they're going to be playing in the championship next season. That's what everybody's going to be striving for in the next few weeks. But you're right that, you know, for Wednesday to apply pressure to the teams around them, they need a couple of wins from QPR, Bournemouth and Bristol City, without a doubt. Uh, yeah, QPR, Swansea and Bristol City. Definitely not playing Bournemouth anywhere in there, but you were close. You weren't far off. Uh, yes. So, I mean, massive week coming up. So let's talk about that game then because we we, we won't be speaking again before um, next Tuesday. So Swansea at home, as I say, it's, it is that, that game in hand. It was the game that was postponed. Was it because of the weather that that one was postponed? I can't remember if it was the weather or whether it was a COVID outbreak, but... Frozen pitch, that was it, of course, yeah. Um not I mean it's never gonna be easy when you're playing a team who are in the in the playoffs and it's quite tight up there, so they are it's not like they've got much of a, a 
a comfort blanket to kind of fall back on. They, they, they're going to be out for the win, aren't they, a, a, a Swansea? Um, but we have seen this season that, that Wednesday can, when they want to turn it on against the teams that are up there, like, you know, Barnsley just a couple of weeks ago, prime example, really, of, of the fact that... And, and take into account as well, sticking five past Cardiff, who'd been in reasonably decent form. Like, the, there's no reason why... We shouldn't be writing that game off and just saying, well, not get anything from, from that. If we're going to stay up, gotta, we've got to get something from playing any team at home between now and the end of the season. Yeah, definitely. Home form is going to be huge. And what four, I think four of the last seven matches at Hillsborough, and they'd actually gone four without a win going into Cardiff. So it, that's why it was vital that they got back on track on Monday. And, and uh, do you know what? I mean, the other point we've not made, James, is that pressure was really on Wednesday to beat Cardiff and so to win so convincingly when they started off the match bottom of the table after results elsewhere. So again, that's where you have to take your hat off as the, you know, to the team and everybody that Wednesday knew full well what they had to do and so they did a superb job. Um, and yeah, I, I just hope that Swansea, when you look at it, they've actually, again, had a bit of a dip in their results recently and they've been struggling for goals uh, a little bit. You know, they've dried up, I think, for IU and Jamal Lowe. But yeah, you know, they've got some really good technical players. And But it's a huge one. You know, it's a huge game for them too. It's their game in hand and their playoff place is far from secure. So they need the points. And so I expect I, that to be quite open. Uh, and, you know, both teams really going at it to get the win. I, I didn't realise, actually, when you say that, look at the form table, they've lost the last four Swansea, which is uh, is obviously form dropping off a cliff. I didn't realise that it was that bad. Yeah, there you go, you see. But, yeah, and there's a, what I think at the moment a four-point gap between them and uh, you know the, the playoffs, and with Bournemouth breathing down the neck, so uh, in great forms, so. and they are doing well. Yeah, you're right, and so uh, yeah, no, it's, it's going to be huge for both teams um, on Tuesday night, and then after that, yeah, it's going to be largely teams who are mid-table, and that's where you do think that it's a favourable running for Wednesday. So if they can get some results and points on the board from the next two, then it sets everything up nicely. And then hopefully a few of the rivals yeah. drop points. It's like we say, isn't it? I think that, you know, week on Saturday will be the real key kind of point whereby we can look at it and see whether or not there actually is much of a chance in that in that final running. Because they are winnable games. They really are. Um, you know, Derby last game of the season. How important could that end up being if their form continues to dip as it has been? Um, that could be really, really interesting. I'm going to take some of the credit, by the way. My reverse psychology of saying, well, Wednesday won't win another game this season uh, obviously worked because we know that the whole squad listened to this podcast. So um, I, uh, I I believe what happened is Darren Moore played it in the dressing room just before the uh, Barnes the game and said, go on, go out and prove this plonker wrong. And uh, and it worked. So there we go. I'm glad you accepted uh, one- plonker. 
I do accept time of longer. Uh, one other thing for us to um, to touch on um, then, um, which is yet another transfer embargo for um, Wednesday. But this one has a very different feel because I think it's actually like more or less half the championship that's been put under this transfer embargo. So um, the, the the legal date for any business to uh, file its accounts and and, and whatnot uh, was was changed this year because of the effects of the pandemic but the EFL seemingly um, deciding they're going to make up their own rules and, and not adhere to that which is why so many clubs have found themselves in in kind of uh, ultimately a transfer embargo is that is that a fair summary? Well I, I think speaking specifically about Wednesday it's down to yeah the late filing of the 1920 accounts uh, and really that was always going to happen seen as a Wednesday only submitted the 1819 accounts last month. Uh, so, uh, and with the jiggery pokery that had to be done with the accounts uh, to do with the good old stadium sale and sale and lease back of Hillsborough, uh, then yeah, that, that clearly was going to have a knock on effect with the 1920 count. So, you know, from people I've spoken to at the club, yeah, there's no sense of panic or drama really with this transfer embargo. Plus, if you were going to get a transfer embargo, it's probably when the transfer window's closed is a good time to have it, really, um, when you can't do much business. So I don't think there'd be many of those teams uh, that were reeled off who are currently under an embargo who will be uh, losing much sleep right now, seeing as though they can't bring any players, they can't do any buying or selling or any trading full stop. But clearly, this will become an issue for Wednesday. You know, you'd like to think that this will get resolved and we'll see the 1920 accounts potentially in the summer, you know, that uh, it will be in the next couple of months that, you know, Wednesday's still playing catch up with them. So, yeah. Um, And then that will give us a clear idea as well on the financial picture of the club moving forward, the impact of COVID uh, and, you know, how much they've reduced the wage bill by, what turnover is and all that stuff. So, We've got all that to look forward to, James, uh, in the not-too-distant future. But the word at the moment, I would say, is there's no reason to panic. I think there have been other times where Wednesday has been under an embargo, like they were with, do you remember, Jos Lukai in the summer 2018? You know, Paul yeah. Jos couldn't bring a player in. A nightmare. Yeah, yeah, he couldn't bring a player in right to the end of the August window when he got, I think, was it Michael Hector and Josh Onover? And then Steve Bruce was the same with a soft embargo the year after that they signed Julian Berner, Kadeem Harris, Moses Odebajo, and that was all the only business that Wednesday did. Um, and again, the hands were tied with the embargo they were on. So, yeah, I, I think that, it, yes, this is something that the club are working on the, the accounts and, again, with the manoeuvring of the accounts due to the uh, you know the, the sale and lease back of Hillsborough, they're confident that the embargo will be lifted in time for the summer transfer window. Cool. Uh, right, that's going to pretty much wrap us up then for this week. You can catch Dom at Dom Housen. I'm at James Marriott, or you can contact the show at Dom and James. Thank you to our goal partners, Title Law Solicitors, TitleLaw.co.uk, and Wednesday Picks, which is available to download now. The link is in the show notes. Thank you for joining us. If you like singing the blues, please rate and review the show in your podcast app. Up the owls, and we'll see you next week. Oh.